when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Friday, November 20th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 361. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined today by Rob Zachney. How's it going? Patrick Klefik. I'm here. And Ricardo Contreras. Hello. Hi, Cado. Are, are you are mm. you like me, uh, shining in the light of your new PS5? Uh, I guess actually, it's more like it's more like resting in the shadow of the obelisk. Yeah, <laughs> delivered to your door. It's sitting here. I'm looking at it. Still Dude, half so in the box. Big. It's so big. It's very. I don't big. think we. I don't think we told this. This all happened off mic, but um, Kato has a PS5. <laughs> Because of poor customer service from Walmart.com, um, in yeah. which I I awoke and my wife asked me, why are there multiple $500 charges on our credit card? And I was like, oh, yeah, guess I missed some pre-order <laughs> cancellations. And I was like, no, one of them is for Austin. I'm going to expense you. that one. And uh, then I, <laughs> I mentioned, like, as we were, like, turning, like, we finished recording a podcast. I was like, ah. I got this one from Walmart that appears to be preparing to ship. And Kato was like, well, <laughs> well I've been putting aside some money for a PS5. I was like, well, Kato, I've already hit, please cancel this. And the notification <laughs> says, we'll try our best, but it might be too late and it's going to ship anyway. And I was like, well, if Walmart has good customer service, then <laughs> you are not getting a PS5 um, from Walmart. If they have poor customer service, then I send me your address and I will <laughs> ship you this PlayStation 5. And on, on that morning, two PlayStation 5s showed up in <laughs> my front door. Well, thank you for shipping it. Thank you to Vice yeah, for, thank you. for picking, for picking mine up, at least. Yep. Um, it's big. That's my first impression. My first impression is it's big. My second impression is I hate the interface stuff so much. I like y'all are just so entirely right about... <laughs> game base about everything about moving around getting to stuff that i care about etc my third impression is that zipper really does feel that good yeah it does um <laughs> i've never been uh, i immediately was like man having a pack in game that's already installed is the smartest thing this company's ever done uh thinking about getting a new game uh, getting a new console and plugging it in and having nothing to do on it like on the day you get it until until seven updates download and huge games get onto your system, especially if like I haven't plugged into Ethernet, but I know a lot of people are just going to have it on Wi-Fi and it's going to take forever to download Miles or Demon Souls or whatever. And it's like, no, let me just hop in this thing and start playing around. And Astro Astro Bot's Playhouse is that what it's what is it? Astro's called? Playroom. Astro's you got Playroom. you know Astro's, Astro's Playhouse. Bot's Playhouse is also Playhouse. a good also a good name. What was the what was the I love that show when I was a kid. Playhouse? <laughs> it was Astro. Okay, so to be fair. 
It was Astrobot rescue rescue mission. mission. Yeah. So that's where I get you know that's where I mm-hmm. get that from. Um, but like being able to to jump right into that is really cool, and and uh, and jump around and feel that controller is great. Um, and then yeah, like this is this is the the I'm I am it, listening to me play Demon Souls must be the strangest thing in the world because the the, the way I bounce between being frustrated at new enemy designs and being completely <laughs> absorbed by level design combat. And you're you're like ah, like and then also like oh, gotta dodge. <laughs> I gotta dodge that shit. Yeah, gotta get out of here. Uh, uh, I'm really enjoying that. That's that's like you know I, that's where I am. I'm not I'm not trying to say this is going to be a Demon Souls podcast again necessarily. Wow. Um, but 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 yeah, first impressions on the PS5 have been like it's nice. It's a it's it's I like the controller a lot more than I thought I would. It, I, I knew I would like some of those features, but just holding it feels pretty good. It feels solid in comparison to uh, even comparison. I think to the the DualShock Five or whatever was that, what was the, what was the, the four four um, four yeah. rather. I didn't four. like that controller at all. Hate, yeah. like, at, like abjectly every. Like, you know, I wrote this in my review of the PS5 where I am partial to Sony's first, per- like, first party narrative driven character action games. Like, yeah, that's I, like, ugh. that's my shit. But every time I picked up the, the, every time a new one came out, I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Really wish I could do this with an Xbox controller instead because I just don't like holding. I've just never particularly liked the DualShock's, like, placement of the analog sticks, which is, like, really weird. What it, it also feels cheap. The DualShock 4 yeah, feels like a very toy like. Um, especially Even once after they added the heft of. Whatever, yeah. whatever that's. Oh, you know, I'm thinking of is the worst one ever was the was the six axis at six launch axis, yeah. when yeah. it felt like it felt like paper. It was the like I could break it with one hand. <laughs> um. So yeah, this stuff the build quality seems nice to the degree that I'm like looking at other official peripherals and stuff. I'm like, do I need these 3D headphones? Is that you don't <laughs> you don't. So you you're sure. asking this you're asking this question ahead of the pod. Yeah. The 3D audio works on any pair. Of headphones, it's just a, it's just a, it's it's, oh. it's it's a tech that applies across devices. But there is Sony does have a pair of wireless headphones that like are nice. Like they sent they them along nice. with like the review yeah. package. And did you have but, to send them a scan of your ear? No, I didn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, I'm not. You know, uh, you got one. You're waiting to send those ear picks. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. You, you know, you, you, there's like a dongle, and it works on your PC or you know Mac and stuff too. Like it's not you know uh, proprietary to the to the PlayStation necessarily. Um, but I mean, it is nice to you know. I just put it on, you know, click on, and then poof, like you know, the audio's there. But I don't, you know, it, it's not nothing st- about it strikes me as like ah, like gotta get this over a pair of headphones you might already have. Especially right, there's, sure. there's a three, there's a three and a half millimeter plug Jack on the right controller. There. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, and you'll get the 3d audio that right, way, which well, I me really bucks, cannot so tell you what it is. Um, like the hat, the, the dual sense, you know, uh, Astro's playroom does a great job of demonstrating what is interesting about that, uh, controller and what it's capable mm-hmm. of. I'm sort of surprised there weren't any sort of equivalent for like, Hey, like put on headphones. We're going to show you, the difference between normal audio and because I just don't even know what I'm looking for. It might actually be tangibly better, but I can't sit here and tell you why or how. It's just, you know, I'm just wearing headphones and it sounds like it's coming in on the left and the right. Yeah. So. They've also Probably got a something. um a media remote uh for for the PS5 that boy, like I was hoping this would be something in the vein of like the media remote that came with the PS3. Mm-hmm. Um and it sure isn't. Um <laughs> you know those like 
really chintzy uh, smart TV I remotes. Do. I see. Yeah, it. I'm, hold, I'm, holding up, I'm holding up this Roku yeah, that remote. That's Roku. the yeah. same remote. Do we have that's the same, the same TV? remote? Yeah. Oh yeah, those TSL. This is. Wait, but hold this those. Is Patrick, hold yours up too. These are basically mm-hmm. the same remote yeah, control. This, yep. Yeah. It's even got the little quick access buttons for Netflix, YouTube, Disney Plus, and Spotify. You know, the only apps you're going to need uh, <laughs> on your on your PlayStation. Uh, but I understand why you would do this because the interface is clunky enough that reaching any of these things could be surprisingly tricky on the PlayStation. Yeah. Well, especially if you were if it's um, becoming like your media box and like your kid or your partner is like, I just would like to watch the Netflix. And it's like imagining handing them a controller and be like, get over to the media tab on the, on the PlayStation right. 5. Sounds like like we're quote unquote trained professionals and like I'm constantly lost in the PS5's interface i like all the big swings like creatively i love so many of the ideas and i'm excited for xbox to spend the next two years copying uh some of them but like actually interfacing with the interface itself is just really tiresome and frustrating there was this episode of grand designs and this is going to tie in so just bear with me please okay just got to walk there was this grand designs to my netflix (laughs) to watch list so there was this episode of Grand Designs uh, where these two douchebags uh, are really they're, – they're, they're building their dream home. And their dream home is going to be minimalist. Um, and there's some weird dynamics in that relationship to begin with. Uh, but the point is our, our home must be a, a minimalist home. And the thing that is driven home over the course of this episode of Grand Designs is that minimalism as an aesthetic is uh, a magic trick. It's smoke and mirrors. Uh, that to have those, like, you know, when you see those almost like pornographic shots of like uh, minimalist interior design where it's all clean surfaces and like uh, no clutter whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the way they saw, the way they were able to do that in their home is basically you have to like open up wall panels to get it shelving. You have to, uh, tons of stuff is like slid behind these like really false, the, like the, the basically false walls, uh, where the entire room now has a bunch of hidden crawl spaces, etc. Um, there's a lot of weird, hard to access drawers where like, um, you know, cables are being stowed. And so as you as you pull the 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 home apart, like when it's in presentation mode, it looks great, but to actually do anything with it, you're it's surprising how often you're basically like breaking a wall open and fishing around now in what is effectively a junk drawer. Uh the minimalist aesthetic has cr- has made all storage junk drawer uh storage basically right. in this home. And I think this is a I, I think this is similar to a dynamic we see in a lot of interface design. And I think the PS5 kind of falls into that trap of the PS5. If you if you looked at it in the still image, uh, it looks like it has an attractive interface. Uh, there's usually a big, uh, you know, high resolution picture dominating it. There's a lot of like uh, invitations on the screen. They're like, hey, want to do this activity? Want to check this out, etc. But that's all like surface level, but when it comes to actually doing anything with it, you're often having to uh, access these weird layers of the interface to try and find whatever it is you want to access. So like the, uh, the notion that you have to tab up to a media tab and then just scroll down this list of like media apps until you find the one you want. That's kind of weird and silly, but it is how they've basically created this interface where, you know, Three quarters of it are always 
just a big inviting static image with no interface elements, no interactive elements whatsoever. Uh, but I think it does make for a system that doing a lot of basic stuff just involves a routine amount of friction that like we'll all get used to. You always get used to the stuff. It, it basically stops being an issue. Uh, but it does kind of highlight the degree to which it like that aesthetic impinges on its usability. Does that media remote have like a microphone? Like the PS5 has like some microphone features where like you can like yeah. read text. And like I've actually, I used that when I was like, uh, it's very useful for like when you're sharing a tweet with like a screenshot. Like it's cool to be able to just like say the tweet and then like tweak the text. Can you say like open Netflix or whatever on that media remote? Or is it, st- is it still you have to just like press the physical Netflix button in the D-pad? I think like so. I haven't I haven't used the mic on this thing, but that's good. Like I'm sure it can do. Does it have a, the, it has a mic icon yes. on the remote? Yeah, oh, okay. Then you can probably just say open Netflix and like. Yeah, it also has that. some universal remote features, but again, like it's a useless universal remote when you've stripped it down this far. Like yeah. mm-hmm. this is not going to control. It thought my stereo receiver was my TV, and so like the notion of trying to control an AV receiver with this is just kind of laughable. <laughs> um, and so, like, it, it just – it is a situation where I badly wish, especially because they'd gone to this effort of creating this, like, really minimal uh, PS5 interface. If there was ever a time I actually needed a big, chunky remote with lots of buttons, it's probably yeah. now. But instead, they were like, you know, what if this looked like some sort of cutesy Wally piece of garbage? Um, <laughs> doesn't that look sleek and futuristic? And well, it's Eva. it's not. Also, <clears throat> we should say – how that it, it costs money. That's not a free packet thing, right? No, it's like 30 bucks or something. And yeah, that's not, I would not buy it. Nothing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, God. Um, so yeah, let me just, let me just wrap back around really quick to stuff I've played. I, I talked about Astro, uh, uh, Astro's playroom, which uh, I'm enjoying. Um, it's a very good cooldown game. It's a very good, like, Hey, I've played some stuff today. Let me just like wind down and hop into Astro's real quick to just like, Run around a little bit, get some collectibles, vibe out. You know this already. You've already, you both have played this already. Yeah, it's um, very good. Uh, also, just to be clear, I'm not speaking. I'm not sipping on Kato's toast because Kato, I know you have it. You just said it was in the box still, right? You've not <laughs> yeah. gotten a chance to no, plug yours yes. in. Okay, I have not. Um, unfortunately, uh, I dipped into Miles, and Miles makes like such a strong first impression. I just mm-hmm. love him so much, and like the way he moves in the, that opening segment. The way he and Pete banter is so good. This His performance, is, like the, the actor, so, yeah. like he was uh, uh, when we were doing our like game of the year nominees. I for some reason it, that actor didn't come to mind, and I was very glad to see that he got a nod as like a as because it's very rare the gaming performances stand out to me in any particular way. Mm-hmm. But I thought that Miles one in particular. Especially given that, like, you know, I think the headcanon for a lot of people is always like, well, there's Spider-Verse, and then, like, there's also this other Miles. I still think even relative to a strong performance in Spider-Verse, like, you know, this actor does a really good job of, like, you know, carving out their own version. It's still within the milieu of, like, what do we think of as Miles Mm -hmm. as being, like, an amateur Spider-Man, but I think he does a really good job in in this game. Yeah, um, there's there's an immediate warmth to him. in a way that even the I, I, I like the Peter Parker performance in the original Spider-Man PS4 game, um, but but that was not a, a necessarily a warm one. There was a degree of like what I liked about him was that he was beaten beaten down a little bit. Whereas um, uh, this is Naji Jeter is the name of the the actor for Miles Morales. It's just like I'm rooting for you so hard, and I and I <laughs> and I want to like be around you in a way that's like really good. Um, also like. 
there was something you know I, I wish Gita was here actually to to talk about this part of it but because because I think that she's totally right just like on first blush that they kind of whiffed on New York politics and like the way that they're talking about Harlem doesn't land right but in that opening mission where you're chasing Rhino through Christmas time in New York mm-hmm. and you're going through like you know um you, you go you go through the the open air markets uh, down in Union Square at a certain point like my heart dropped because I'm not a big holidays guy, um, but I'm a big I'm a big autumn and early winter in New York guy. Uh, going to those places, seeing snow on the ground, like hits me. Mm-hmm. And in a year where I cannot do that, or I cannot go to the Union Square, the, like the cheesy fucking Union Square Christmas Village with a Hell friend, yeah. <laughs> um, sucks. Like it just sucks. And so seeing it even so briefly here. Actually, you like hear me kind of like not tearing up, but like getting a little emotional even talking about it because it really pulled into into you know um, into clarity what what sort of banal nothing excursions I don't get to have this year because of because of COVID and like I I shouldn't have those if those things were open none of us should be going to them etc. Right. We all know this, but it it was just like it was it really was evocative in a way uh, as someone who like lives in this space and and has worked in these spaces and blah 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 like that stuff really really landed for me um and then and then yeah i put i put a bunch of hours into into demon souls um we should just uh, uh you know we should just we should just get it out of the way austin sure. we should just clear it's gonna be it's gonna hang over this whole conversation <laughs> it's going to. if we don't just lay it out you know you and i both last night we were both playing demon is this gonna be an aesthetics thing no, no, and, no, 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 no. Well, well, I mean, it's like a like a player aesthetic. Like, like, how do you how do you have, carry yourself? I have aesthetic notes, you know. If, if, yeah, if we, I just if we need I, them. And, we'll, and we'll get that. I just yeah. you know, I just like you know. Sometimes you step into an arena and just mm. you just feel it, and sometimes <laughs> that arena it has a big man, like a very big man. Yeah, and you are a small man. But that's demon. That's the soul well, game. I was a small in woman. To be you clear, often feel but, small, uh, you know, relative to the monstrosities you're fighting. But right. sometimes you step into that arena and just it's over. Maybe sometimes you, uh, I believe they call it one shot a uh, uh, a a tower knight. Oh, uh, for this. example, <laughs> um, you got it. So the thing is, you have to take out those archers first. That's number one. That's what I learned. Uh, and then you have to hit him in the legs. You got to hit him right in the back of the foot. And then, then you see what happens. I'm not going to say more than that because I trust anyone who hasn't gotten through this fight yet to just get there. No, there is. Rob, have you touched it since uh, we I haven't touched anything it? basically since uh, Monday. Okay. So I have not. I but have not the, made next more time, the next time you do, because uh, there is a there's a thing that can happen in yeah. this in this fight that is going when it occurs, it is. Um, the Souls games are not necessarily uh, spoken of as like being particularly funny, but they have a, a real dark humor to them um, throughout. And I forgot about this one. And just the key, the key to that fight is just stay near his feet. You're a little gremlin that just doesn't want to go anywhere yeah. but near this, be this man's feet. <laughs> and the only time you're going to move away is when you see him. Uh, he, he he telegraphs that he's going to hit the ground. 
and do the area of effect mm-hmm. um, that goes around him. That's the only time you move away. Otherwise, you're just a little gremlin that's just trying to like. Right. And it looks <laughs> like know, if I'm inside it. him, yes. I don't have to worry too much about that spear. That's he cannot uh, do that sweeping spear from yeah. from a yes. distance. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So you just gotta so, run in there as quick as you can. Yeah. And then there is the comedy part, which like, do you want to explain yes. what happens here, Rob? Are you no? Okay? I don't want to explain. Okay. I want. Rob, I want you'll I, learn I, it. You'll see it yourself. Yes. I want because um, I, w- I want him to experience it, come back and uh, tell us about that moment yes. when it when it occurs to him. I, I, the thing that I want to note is that there is an effect during that fight that I'd forgotten about that makes me want armored souls even more. There's a degree mm. to which that <laughs> giant knight starts to feel like a big mech because of the way damage yes. is taken on it. Um, and and uh, you know we again I have aesthetic notes. I do think that it's too. In general, its design feels like something out of World of Warcraft in this game. It's, like, so bright and, like, the the change to almost, like, white steel plate mail from this kind of darker plate mail and bright blue f- from the kind of sickly green, like, aura magic stuff is, is like, a meaningful change to me. But also, it does still look sick on its own merits. <laughs> um, well, I think, I think the environment, like, I, what I'm learning as I've played further in and I'm like, you know, I, I finished Tower Knight. I'm most of the way through the second world. I got to Flame Lurker and was like, cool, I'm good. Yeah. I'll come back for you. Um, but, um, I like the environment aesthetic a lot more than I do like necessarily a lot of like the creature aesthetic. Yeah. Like that part seems to be working for me. I mean, I, I understand all the, like, no, just, no, no, but no. I just I mean in terms you. of like, like feeling in the world and specifically one of the ways that I think it works really well. Um, and this may have been true if you, if you were even uh, stricter to FromSoft's like original aesthetic is that it feels way more alive. And like when I go, when you, in two one, you're going through this um, mining area and there are just all some of the uh, miners uh, will attack you, but most of them don't. They just continue doing their work, and it's a it's unique in the Souls series in which it is it is rare for you to come across um, essentially NPCs, mm-hmm. right? Like NPCs are usually like things your your characters you're talking to, your uh, shopkeepers you're buying from. These are characters in the world doing an action that isn't isn't uh, inherently violent to you off uh like immediately um you can attack them and then they will fight you in the same way that you can attack npcs and then they they will sometimes fight you but um it makes you like it made me feel particularly awful in the way that i was fighting these um i don't know what exactly like the creatures are that they're kind of like goblin the miners are you talking about Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah, like I you're coming into the goblins. I don't. I don't. I always read them. I guess so. I haven't seen them yet in this in this remake. Okay. So I haven't seen what they look like now. I'd always read them as just almost like desiccated people, desiccated humans, yeah. built yeah. like like uh, worked to their literal bones. You know, and they know nothing other than work, and so they are just yes. here continuing that work. Yeah. that you know maybe is under the influence of. Demon, you know, I don't know. Right, right, right. I don't know exactly Listen, you know, how those, the the quote unquote fat officials are there to keep them in line, and right. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Every time you say that, I hear "fat" the acronym, and <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> the officials from front of the table are here <laughs> to make these motherfuckers work. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, but it's just an instance where, and I've I've heard that when you get to uh, so the other areas that are like kind of you know the, the you know like the blight town ask uh, sort of areas it last of night. So, um that that are like the bleakness of what it's like to be in this world is is something that i think their aesthetic choices and also just the like sheer just bringing the original ideas that from software had to a to a, uh, a 2020 fidelity um sells that in a way that feels 
Like even uh, I didn't feel that as much when I played it the the first time around. I saw it, but I didn't internalize it nearly as much as I am this time around. And maybe that's because I'm playing it a second the, time, so I'm spending more time looking at it. But right. I I just feel that part of the world so I feel so much worse about my actions, even if like I'm technically this hero character that's supposed <laughs> to be saving it. Like you know the way I'm like going around. It's fun to to kill the the fat official and like I just took down the boss man and I'll and he's five hundred souls plus and right, right, that's right. great. But um, I don't know. It still feels shitty in in a way that I can't quite articulate that I didn't feel that first time around, but I do now. The that area, the Valley of Defilement, I think does uh, is the one place so far where I feel like the. I prefer the aesthetics of the remake. And I knew there would be like Is that in World 3 or 4? That's 5. That's World 5. 5-1. I believe that's called – I believe that's that's called Valley of Defilement. That's the the Blight Town place. That's the place that fucking sucks. Um, And and I I think a big part of it is the original place is – when I think about the Valley of Defilement in Demon Souls, I mostly think of like wooden planks – piled mm-hmm. on top of each other because of the way that play and there are there is stone and and i mean like you know when you get to five two and, and later in you're deeper into the caves and stuff and so this is a this is a an aesthetic change that feels like the stonework of these caverns um so for people who don't know it's this kind of like five one in demon souls is this just gross poisonous cavernous uh kind of drop into a, a cave system uh, that is filled with really grosso dudes and poison rats and a bunch of shitty, just, I hate the enemies there. It's that area in this game. Um, and uh, in the original, it feels like you're walking through a bunch of shacks and you're that have been like stapled onto the sides of this, this very tall cavern that's just dropping straight down, this kind of sinkhole. Um, and here, that that stuff is more... Um, is it, built closer in to and on top of stonework, or at least the stonework reveals itself more more readily in a way that feels like, yeah, they just built these shacks on the side of any little crevice yeah. that they could have, or like you know, in any alcove that existed. Um, and 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 so that area has worked for me pretty well. Um, and I went there because I I I've always wanted to try a faith build in demon souls <clears throat> i've only played demon souls once i played it when it when it uh, i played it before it came out i played it in or no, that's not true it came out just not in the states uh i imported it uh because my friend uh, a friend of mine who i used to write about games with uh a decade ago over a decade ago now uh was like this game's never going to come to the u.s austin you have to import it i love it <laughs> so i imported it and played through it in japanese um and oh, so you didn't get like the Asian version with the, I the did crappy not get the, no. English localization that I only learned about twenty four hours <laughs> no, ago and I'm now think, you know, maybe obsessed with. There's a chance I did, but I remember needing to look at. I don't think I did because mm, the thing is, like, if the translation was bad enough, then maybe I still had to look at these facts to explain. Yeah, like what anyone was basic saying, concepts, basic <laughs> concepts. But like, and also it's still Demon Soul, so I might have to might have had to have done yeah, that anyway. Yeah, so it's yeah. possible. Anyway. Um, I, you know, I played that game with a very basic, uh, bill. I, I want to say it was like a, uh, I really wanted to use scimitars and katanas. So it was probably a dex build, um, that, that I played through with. And I'd always wanted to try a faith build, even though faith here is not as interesting as in mm-hmm. Dark Souls. You know, you basically, you get miracles in this game if you use faith and that's like healing spells, regeneration spells, you know, things. Cure poison. Yeah. Cure poison, cure stuff like that. Um, there's like one AOE attack that you can unlock deeper into the game. Um, but the thing that I remembered is in 5-1, in this shitty, terrible place, 
um, which is kind of part of the way the entire Area 5 works in this game. Uh, there is a blessed mace that you can get, which is just like a mace that has the blessed tag on it. And blessed things scale off of faith. So I do tons of damage because my faith is high. Huh. And they have a passive regeneration boost on them. They just are constantly healing you. Um, and so, yeah, dude, Rob face. Start. <laughs> it's No, you don't have to. This is the thing about this game. It's like you're still early enough where you could start dumping points into faith if you wanted to, to go pick. The, and also, I should be clear, I knew it was somewhere in 5.1. I couldn't remember where. So I just had to play through most of 5.1 to get this thing. And I was vastly underleveled, but was relying on a decade of playing Souls games. So yeah. like, I could just, I could just do it. I could just... It's going to be a pain in the ass. I'm going to lose my souls. It's okay. And I'm going to push for it. Um, and then once I had that, I like started just jumping around from level to level. So at this point, I've fought the Adjudicator, whose redesign I fucking hate so much. The Adjudicator is one of my favorite like weird souls boss designs. It feels very mythological in its creation uh, in, in the original game. It's still like a gross out, again, fat phobic style. Here is a big fat character. Uh, who you're supposed to be kind of grossed out by, but it leans into this sort of mythopoetics of like, you know, I'll just say that this is a big, huge round body that's missing, that's necklace or its neck has turned into a sort of gaping hole where a huge frog-like tongue is like undulating out of it. And then above that, somehow the back of the, the emptied neck is a crown and resting in that crown is a golden crow. And this thing in the mythology, if you read the item descriptions, is the adjudicator basically of – it's sort of like an afterlife situation where it's like the adjudicator will judge you and if – and or really the crow will judge you. And if the crow says that you are guilty or not worthy, the adjudicator will swallow you whole. And that is like classic weird mythological like demigod type situation. And here it's like a fat person with jewelry on. I mean it still is – there still is the golden crow at the top yeah. of the head. It still has this huge gaping wound where there's a huge metal, like, um, broken off piece of a cleaver or something in its gut. Like, it still has all of the the pieces, but it's become something that's, like, gross out horror versus, like, what the fuck am I even looking at horror? Um, and, and it's just, like, one of those examples of how this game just misses the mark in terms of uh, translating or adapting some of these original feelings and ideas into into the kind of this this higher resolution, uh, you know, world. Um, so I've done that. Um, I love five one or not five one. I think that's is that hmm, is that four one? Whatever whatever number that is. The the Shrine of Storms area was like my favorite area in the game with the big manta rays. Patrick, do you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Oh, that that boss in particular. That boss is, particular rule. Oof. So I did. Sorry, I, did the I bet, first I bet part that. Of that. that did you do that no, boss? No, I'm not in, there yet. I'm oh, so okay. Early. I've heard that as a particular high moment of- I'm excited. Like, how that could look with, um, you know, yeah. uh, the the increased fidelity. But I'm just- I, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was saying, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I mentioned the last podcast that I re-rolled as more of a melee, it was like a, a priest uh, build that has like decent amount of armor, um, is, is uh, has, uh, you know, miracles. It has, has like, like heal. You can't- yeah. can, you, you it has a healing spell that like I I got enough MP that I can like heal myself like three times and then I don't want I'm probably gonna put like no more points in MP it's just it's like a, that almost just like having me. an Estus flask flask is the way it, I it, think it, about it, it is you know what I, I mean? and like it was like I like I clearly had like just one point under being able to use it a third time <laughs> and was like fine fuck it I'll use a little more MP MP just so I can get that third use and it just saves like you know having to grind for grass yeah. and, and stuff like that at times um but um 
I was not nearly like, even though it was exposing different, like, like ways that uh, uh, enemies acted or, or uh, uh, interactions with bosses. I, don't, I was just not having a whole lot of uh, fun with it. Um, I don't know. That's like the magic, like playing it with magic, like broke me. And it's like, this is what I think of demon souls. And like right. playing it a different way is like, you want to be able to and then, pew, pew something. Yeah. Well, I was just like, just doing like so little, so little damage. Mm. And I just wasn't enjoying the, the combat as much. But then last night um, I got lost in the, so in, in, in world two, um, in, in Tutu after you fight the spider, um, which I'm glad, you know, little things were like, they keep the cheap way for you to kill that spider. Like I forgot that, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Like in order to just like work your way through it, I don't want to spoil it, but like there's lots of messages on the ground that'll point you in the right direction. Um, but, um, you know, once you get past there, there's a whole lot of these like underground mazes, um, where you're like, there's, it's some of the coolest environmental design in, in demon souls where there are just like giant, dragon bones just like sticking out of like these cave systems that you're going through. Like it's, they're so labyrinthian and you're meant to get lost. Most of the messages down there are just like people saying like, I don't know where I am and I don't know where to go. And so you're supposed to embrace it and just like go through the chaos of these mazes and, you know, just, just know that you're probably going to die down there and yeah. pick up whatever items you can get and, and, and come back and slowly start to piece together the, the layout. And when I was goofing around there last night, um, I came out on this message that said, uh, only cowards go forward here and it had tons of likes. And I was like, oh, well, all right. I can't tell if this is a troll <laughs> or a bit or um, it's like a meta commentary. <clears throat> and it turned out to be a meta commentary because like around the corner was uh, a soul that ended up being um, what's called the dragon longsword. And I, I never picked this up the first time around because I think for the majority of my Demon Souls playthrough, it's just like I just kept the. What do you start with the the Crescent uh, you, Falcon? That's Falchion? like the Crescent Fal uh, uh, Falcon is like a commonly um, suggested early game super weapon that you can get very yeah. early in that first Shrine of yeah. Storms level because it scales. If you do Royal and then get that weapon, yeah. you're fucking good because it scales off of intelligence yeah. and you're going to have a lot of it. Yeah. Anyway, so, so what's I, the dragon so I, situation? I did, yeah. Well, the, I picked up this uh, dragon. I'm just going to hold on. Uh -huh. I'm going uh, to paste this into. Oh, I have it in the different window. Yeah. All right. So just I just click on this video. I tweeted this last night because this is me discovering um, what this uh, bad boy does. Oh, hell yeah. Set yeah. the motherfucker on um, fire. Yeah, it lights it lights it lights dudes on fire. It has uh I forgot oh, so wait, that there were is like, this a parry or is this That's just, a parry. Okay, it's a okay. parry. Yeah. I was like, does it it's just a parry where you have an automatic fire kill animation? <laughs> no, it's no it, it and, yeah, and you lift the dude up on your on your sword as yeah. it's on fire and slam him to the ground like you're in a wrestling match. But <laughs> I I just forgotten that you could have um weapons that have elemental properties yeah. to them. And so this weapon in particular, it just does it doesn't do the fire attack every time. I, I don't think. I think it's there's a certain uh, roll chance uh, sure, to it. Um, sure. But it's but it's most it's most of the time, and it just does against certain types of enemies. Just like unbelievable damage. Oh. Like the, in this in this mining area, um, some of those uh, enemies I was fighting, it would 
it took me like a full minute to like bumble my way through the fight, even if I'm trying to do parries and things like that. Whereas this is just like womp, like like goodbye. Like I'm the um the fat officials in the area, it's like womp, like get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it was so satisfying to find this weapon that one, I really like how the sword works. Like I like that I have this poke that I can use to kind of like stab at a guy with the R2. Mm-hmm. Like I found a weapon that feels good for the build that I have. A flame weapon's not going to help me with flame lurker necessarily, <laughs> no. so I'm still going to have to figure out flame in his name. Gonna have to figure out something else um, for for him when I when I come back. But um, oh, it was just really it was really it. Like I went from I'm bumbling my way through this game, and I'm suddenly going ah I don't maybe there are other other new games I could be playing. I, do, do I need to be do, spending my time with this? Couldn't I do this in a month? And find you know other it's small games sword. for game of the year. I've just realized um, it's it's the Drake sword. Uh, this one is in effect because so in Dark Souls there's a famous there's a famous sword called the Drake Sword that if you underneath the dragon it's under, right well it's under the, under the bridge it's the tail you shoot the tail oh, and the dragon off right right it's like a famous like way to get a really powerful weapon very early on in that game you can shoot yeah you can shoot the tail off under under the bridge um, uh, and it doesn't scale. That's the thing about that sword. It upgrades. Yeah. If you put, you know, upgrade points in it, if you put like whatever shards into it, it'll get stronger, but it isn't scaling off of your stats, but it's super powerful for the bulk of the game regardless. And that's I hadn't realized that the the Drake sword and the Dragon Long sword fit that same purpose across those mm. games. I I love FromSoft. I mean, I'll have, to, I'll have to see if it. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it scales or not. It doesn't. The, it doesn't. It doesn't. The dragon. Oh, it doesn't. Dragon oh, as oh, like oh, a prefix ah, doesn't scale. I gotcha. So that's the. It will. Ca- but it will carry you through most of the game, and right. then at late game you'll be like, well, I'm gonna switch over to whatever this other thing I found. Um. So yeah. Uh, um, I mean, that's the other thing. It's is, a very satisfying weapon. I am absolutely playing Faith so that eventually I can get the large sword of moonlight. Uh, which is if you did the did you do the um, Bloodborne DLC stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you know that big glowy blue sword, the the holy moonlight sword? Uh, Isn't is the the holy the the moonlight is one of those like consistent across yes, like yes. Not not even just the Souls games. Yeah, like hasn't that also been in like Kingsfield, Kingsfield Armored Core, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everywhere. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to. Uh, I've never I've never played with it outside of Armored Core. I've never done a build that uses that uses That's the so Moonlight funny. Sword. Um, the game, the game, the game, the series in which most people understand the Moonlight Sword is the one in which you have it I've because you did an Armored Core. Yeah. Is there's a lot of things that are like. Boy, that's Austin Walker. And like you could put that on a top ten yeah. list of like that armored core being the one place you've engaged with the Moonlight Sword. It's true, and and well, it's very fucking cool. So anyway, anyway, all of this is to say I do consistently have these aesthetic hangups with this thing. Also, I fucking love Demon Souls. I love these areas. Yep. I love the level design. All of that stuff is retained here in a way that I think still communicates what made that original stuff so good. Um, and it's converting a lot of people. Right. Like you got, you know, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Rob will stick with it, but I think Rob has like played enough, even if he never went back to it, could like has like a better conception of like, oh, why these games are interesting, what people get from them. I saw like James Stevenson and Insomniac, like he, 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 he beat the Tower Knight um, and then was like, wow, I think I'm liking a Souls game. And I, I, I think it, what makes me so excited and the same way that we would talk about like when we played Monster Hunter, how like it's so delightful to get into a series and then be excited for what goes next. I'm so excited, whatever your hangups are with this remake and Blue, Blue Point's choices, that it's going to get a lot of people into these games right before fucking like we're going to get a big proper next gen like from software like Elden Ring game. Like that just makes me 
so excited that people like that's going to happen. I don't know. Sometime early next year, first half of the next year, we'll finally see what that thing is. And Demon Souls is going to end up being like just a really cool primer for for people to to get excited for, you know, that game coming out some sometime next year. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We can talk about some more stuff. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back. Rob, if you have not been facing down the tower night, have you have you been playing anything else? Uh yeah, not as much as I would like, but I've been playing um Zactronics released a new game, but kind of an odd one for what you might expect from Zactronics. Mm. Um uh I think generally we associate them with strange puzzle games, uh let us say, <laughs> oh, uh, Opus Mag- uh, Opus Magnum, um Shenzhen IO, uh yeah. You know, space chem, things of that nature. Exapunk. Like, uh, stuff that has like a very mechanical, as a hard, like gear-like, I guess, quality to it. There's lots of like moving parts that are hard to understand, but often beautiful things can happen once you have mastery of systems. So their latest game is Mobius Front 83. It is a Cold War era war game. What? About... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, like the premise is, you are with a uh, you know mid a, a late Cold War military unit on maneuvers at Fort Knox, which I think was one of the major armored warfare training centers uh, during that era. It may still be, but I think a lot of the stuff got moved to the Southwest. Uh, anyway, you're on maneuvers at Fort Knox, and then you are attacked by an advanced enemy force out of nowhere in you know the heartland of America. And at first, everyone thinks it's some sort of Red Dawn uh, situation where, you know, my my God, the Russians are here somehow. But people start noticing that, as, you know, the, the people you are fighting appear to be using a lot of American equipment and sound just like Americans. And so it begins to turn into this, this situation where uh, you're, you're trying to figure out why are all these American troops pouring into the U.S. fighting U- uh, other U.S. forces. And uh, I, I think you can probably guess uh, some of what's going on. Uh, but I talked to my friend John Bolding, who's who's seen the end, about how this all ties in. And uh, you probably won't see all of it. And you probably won't predict uh, the, the weird tie-ins that are happening in, in this game. However, uh, that, being a, that being said, I have to admit, I'm a little bit taken aback by how very traditional and old school this game is uh to the point where i'm not really sure i like it that much and you're rob um, zachney which is to say you have a very specific history with hex-based war games that are trying to simulate you know certain scales of combat 
and 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 a familiar that familiarity to me has always meant that you're predisposed towards appreciating tactics designs that don't necessarily do big flashy things but are fundamentally sound that is like my read of you and so yeah. when i saw this game and when i put my first couple hours into this i very much thought this might be more of a Rob thing than an Austin thing. So now I'm hearing that's not even the case. No, because I think in some ways, I don't want to make assumptions here, but like my look, my, my feeling as I play it is it is a design that is naive of a lot of what's happened in war games in the last few years. Um, and what I mean by that is the, the games this reminds me the most of are the old Panzer General games. And that has a lot of modern descendants. Uh, there's the Panzer Corps games uh, made by uh, Slytherin. I think they also make um, got a, a, a series I, I, I really liked, but I can't, the name the name escapes me. Uh, but these are these are games that tend to uh, create wargamey tactical puzzles, uh, where it's not about confronting a situation that could be different every time and you kind of just have to react and like stick to your fundamental tactics and game plan uh as things happen it's more like you enter a mission you see what's going on you probably fail it pretty hard and then you realize like okay so here's what's going on right down to here's where a bunch of enemy units are stashed so i know now that there's an ambush there okay i know there's some key objective units over here uh so now i'm going to play all of that with foreknowledge and just as a matter of taste, that has never done it for me, um, in part because what that leads to, and I think this was, the Panzer General games were enormously popular uh, in the 90s, and among war gamers, like games that follow that, that template remain popular. But what a lot of that would lead to in the Panzer General games was this feeling of, you just needed to solve whatever it was that the scenario designer had in mind for the exact steps you'd follow to get the you know the the biggest victory uh and i'm much more i am much more partial to sort of the xcom model where it's like you know you have some idea of what you might be up against but the specifics could change every time and you kind of just have to uh react and, and know how to get the most out of your units this one is very much in that old school panzer general uh you know very much in that old school panzer general uh vibe but it's so simple that I'm not sure it is a great competitor with the games that have taken up that mantle. And it right. feels really at odds with things like <clears throat> Unity of Command uh, that, that have come out since and sort of approached some of these problems from a different angle. And so it just ends up being kind of a weird thing where Zactronics made a really old-fashioned war game. I so want to know <clears throat> what led that team here because yeah it seems so unlike what they've done in the past which does not mean that they shouldn't make it you know um yeah i i guess the the thing that we we didn't say that they made that you love is eliza which yeah. is a game very unlike the games that they've made um uh so it's not like they they ha they haven't but that's such a matthew burns <clears throat> game though too. It like is. That's, it that is. is the one thing I'll note. Like it has the the where there's consistency there is um, Zactronics are brilliant at creating um, like diegetic interfaces totally for their games, and so this has that by the way. So you'll have like field manuals, you'll have 
You have a deck of cards if you want to play solitaire. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you have a little like Shenzhen IO. There's like a little electronics like uh, you know pu- puzzle game. But like yeah, I, I think just just to your point, I, I think Eliza was already kind of an exception in part because it is so the product of someone else who's not part of that core like design team. Well, that was my thing is like, is this just the core design team? Is this also, you know, someone outside being tagged in who had some idea for, um, a, a, you know, a military war game? Like what? I, it just seems so out of out of place for me. And 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 more importantly, like when I was playing through these levels, I didn't have. I don't think I had any of those moments of feeling like I'd solved something, um, which is what is core to the Zactronic style. I always hit a dead end eventually with these games, and I don't have the patience to become, you know, masterful at them. Um, What I always do is put like four hours in, have a really good time, hit a couple of puzzles that are just too far for me, and then move on. Here, it was not that. Here, it was like, I'm just not interested in these in these situations, I don't necessarily feel like the decisions I'm making are particularly meaningful. Um, and it doesn't make me feel clever to get through a level. Um, and, and at that point, I feel like maybe I'm maybe the the thing that they're really good at just doesn't work with this basic design format. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like but so for me, it almost feels like so the, the weird thing is, I think they're very they're in their other games. They do not seem afraid of conceptual complexity, right? And here they do seem that way. It's very strange because, like early in the game, uh, you unlock army field manuals from yep. this period of the Cold War. That sort of implies they sort of like this is the closest the game comes to giving you a design document. Where it's like, look, this game isn't like a sim, but these are, this is kind of what we're drawing from and kind of what we hope this game will evoke. They're literal and, PDFs of literal, like, army manuals from the time, right? Like, yeah, just to so be like, clear, here's, we're not here's how you advance on, uh, yeah. Right, right. Right, so like, diagrams, of like, here's how you advance on an unsecured tree line uh, with, you know, me- with a mechanized force, uh, here's where you deploy, etc. like, procedures for waging this kind of war. And that's all good, um, but then the game doesn't do a lot with that. Uh, so a, a game that occurred to me a lot while I was playing this was um, Eugen Systems made a series of Cold War war games called well, War Game. Uh, and probably the best of that series was Airland Battle. And one of their insights is is kind of that in this period of warfare, um, lethality is is super high so it's not like it's not like BattleTech where tanks can just like trade blows uh it really is an era where you know a well-placed missile will destroy just about anything on the battlefield so everything is a glass cannon right and this game hints a little bit at that um it it has some swingy uh it has some swingy hit tables you know you can do a lot of damage or a little there's a lot of variability sometimes a good tank will just explode in one hit and sometimes it'll shrug off like three or four um but in general you are never ill served by just shaking all your infantry out into the forests and slowly just advancing across the map like this is a game that uh, in general, you you can reliably set up kind of kill zones and a sort of a, a threshing machine model and just let the AI kind of bash itself to pieces against that. And then you clean up and, and win the scenario. And that's not a lot of fun. And I think the setting allows for a lot more um, 
you know, when I talk about like combined arms tactics, I'm talking about setting it up so that you have like simultaneous delivery of like covering artillery fire, um, you know, smoke uh, to obscure advancing troops, and then simultaneous arrival of like armor and infantry carriers and infantry to all like hit the target at once. This is really this type of warfare, what, what it's all about. Um, that's a really complicated uh, procedural task to undertake. And I could see Zactronics like doing something with that. But in this iteration, it's such a crude, like Panzer General-esque implementation that it just doesn't evoke a lot of period flavor for me, nor does it really get at, I think, what a lot, what makes a lot of war games interesting and cool. So, you know, it's like, it's it's a Zactronics game insofar as some of the story stuff around it is cool. Some of the um, side games are, are are really fun in this, but the core of like, the war game, it's definitely not what I was kind of excited for when I thought like, ooh, Zectronics made a made a war game. It's they made a they made a really dated feeling one. Uh which which sucks to say, but it's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the mm-hmm. thing for me ends up being like, this is so close to something like Advanced Wars that if I want that experience, I can go play that as a tile based, like, you know, uh, uh s- similar in in range of conflict in terms of the things I'm juggling in my mind style of war game and also get something a little bit, again, for me, a little bit flashier, a little bit more for me to, to, to sink my teeth into. Or like, you know, if I really did want to go down that rabbit hole, Rob, I would come to you and I would say, all right, give me something deeper. Give me something that, 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 you know, slides away from the abstraction of something like an advanced wars and towards something uh, a little more grounded and you would give me a thousand different things to play. Um, and so, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, anyway. So is this, hold on. Is this a side game? Yes. Okay. I was like, I looked, I was looking just at linked an image from a programmable radio mini game, puzzle game that is right. in this game. Because I was looking through the Steam page and then like this popped up in the screenshots. And I was like, now that looks like a Zectronics game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, if you if you notice the top of that, a uh-huh. TIS 330. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like the like, little shout outs to that legacy. So, yeah, yeah totally. It's, um, yeah, so so that's uh, that's a part of it as well. I think you unlock that when you find um, you find some enemy like signals units hiding in a forest in one mission. And then it's like if you kill a bunch of these dudes over other missions, you'll unlock more more of these. Um, but yeah, uh, so and, and I think the other thing, Austin, uh, the last thing I'll say is I think there's a tendency to overestimate the complexity of these games. Like one of the things I played last year that I really loved was this game called armored brigade, which covers this exact topic. It covers mm-hmm. like cold war, uh, warfare. Um, we did a good three MA on it. If, if you right. I was listen. like, where do I, wh- um, how do I know? Why do I remember you talking about armored brigade? Because yeah, I know uh, we didn't Troy and I talked to the, Rod Humble yes. and, uh, yes. yeah. Ian, good episode. Uh, yeah it, was, it was a lot of fun, but the, the thing is like, it's not that hard to, grok these concepts like a lot of times war games are hard just because they're bad at interface design and that game was pretty solid at it and so it didn't take long to realize like okay this is how i lay down smoke this is how i like you know deliver Mm -hmm. cover fire etc and that is just a hell of a lot more fun um because it's not pulling those punches and does create this sense of the battlefield being incredibly perilous um right 
and the weapons are both incredibly powerful but incredibly vulnerable. And I think it does all of that without necessarily um, abstracting out a lot of the interesting complexity of these totally. systems. And I think there's a, there's a tendency, especially with like making more approachable war games, to be so afraid of complexity that you end up abstracting it down to stuff that's actually way simpler than like even Advanced Wars or Fire Emblem. Uh, it's it's very strange how theme like when I think about XCOM, you know, Austin. Every time you and I load XCOM two, we're yeah. like, "What the fuck is happening in this game? Like, what does any of this do?" Yeah, um, because the complexity is layered in, but there's a lot of it. Yes, and then I look at intro war games, and a lot of times it's like, "Oh, don't want to, ooh, like a, a second uh, a second stat column that we want to introduce. That seems like too much. Uh, ooh, a, a a third ability." <sighs> The, the thing that I think about a lot here is that what abstraction lets you do it. And when I say abstraction here, so so with Armored Brigade, you if you look at the, the, the a screen from Armored Brigade, what you're looking at is a map, uh, a top-down map of an area, a bunch of icons that represent units, um, uh, you know, some lines indicating directions, other other icons indicating, you know, lo- locations and, and maybe a few other things. Um, uh, but, but then you're, you, things are sort of flat in the sense that when you click a unit you, and you say like, here are the things you can do. It's like, all right, I need you to go this far. Okay. I need you to speed up. I need you to go in reverse. I need you to set your artillery range or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I need you to drop smoke in this area. There's a, it's flat in a sense, whereas it feels like with something like XCOM, it's tall where it's almost as if there is a degree of which you have a unit. And then over time, that unit gets more complex and things get yeah. poured on top of it and in a way that separates it from other units technically of its type. Other ranger units have different abilities. And so their unit bars are all different, right? Um, and for me as a player, the XCOM thing is uh. easier because it starts very – it's not very tall to begin with. But you pile new abilities on top as the, as I as a player learn new stuff. And so suddenly you we load in our XCOM save where we have all these high level characters and now it's really hard for us to jump back into it because it's like what the fuck does anyone do? But when you're playing straight through, you have it it's 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 doled out to you so slowly that I have that off the gate. Whereas I do think you're probably right, the basics of something like Armored Brigade are no less complex than XCOM, but they trust you to like deploy them pretty quickly out yeah. the gate is my well, that's of a course you do. that's an interesting right. point and I, I think you've hit on something really important there which is that a lot of times what, what war games do not have for a lot of reasons i suspect the budget is a big part of it too they don't have campaigns no. and so you can't have these big tutorials where it's like okay so you know here in the story you're just leading a pretty scrappy like rifle mm-hmm. platoon and this is all you're going to control are like this rifle platoon and the simple engagement. And then it's like, okay, well now you have a support tank. Okay. Now you've been promoted to company commander. Now you have like three rifle platoons under your command plus an attached tank platoon. And I think part of that is, um, the people who make war games do not have as a core competency, like campaign design. And they certainly don't have like a slate of like musicians and voice actors. <laughs> that can just pull in the way like right. Zachtronics obviously routinely does. But, I think there's also an element of just genre convention and taste where um, I go back a lot to Steel Panthers was kind of a uh, definitive war game of the 90s. And it had really good campaigns, but 
what people ended up treasuring the most about that game were its um its mission generator. And then it was like, well, what if it was campaign generator? It just generated endless missions. And then it just gets like bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think in war games, there is this tendency to be like, I do not want I like bigger sandbox means bigger game, more fun, better game. And I think for a certain type of war gamer, that's true. But I do think it leaves a lot on the table in terms of if you design a good campaign that will be fun to play through, you can actually have a pretty high ceiling for what you're asking players to do um, that doesn't turn people off. Because, yeah, I think Armored Brigade, if you boil it down, is pretty straightforward. Command Ops, really challenging game surprisingly like straightforward if you see like what it's asking you to do and how to play it it just doesn't give you a conceptual framework for what the various options that you have uh-huh. are able to do and i do wish like i saw that more in in traditional war games um but i think it does lead us to an outcome like this where to make something entry level or mainstream it means you kind of set the bar on the floor and most people have been playing mainstream tactics games are going to step right over that because they're used to way more complicated, interesting shit than this. Uh, and people who are playing war games, recognize what this design is drawing from, and it's kind of outmoded. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Um, well, you know, uh, the, the, again, we say this a lot, but I like it when people take swings, and this was a swing from them. Liking that they take swings does not always mean liking thinking that the swings hit, you know? Uh, uh, or, or being happy with, with, with the outcome. Um, so we'll see what they do next. Uh, I'm always curious. Um, Kato, can we, can we destiny minute? Can, can we get sure. a destiny update? What, cause Hell you're, yeah. it's raid time. Oh God, I installed it. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I had to, uh, Rob, huh. well, how are you doing? How, how <laughs> I fucking, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, how did you start a new character? How is that? How is that going for you? Okay, so Rob hits the tower night, and he's like, "Well, time to install Destiny." <laughs> no, I I, I finished that bear game. And I got up. depressed, <laughs> and I was like, "Life is meaningless. Time to install Destiny." <laughs> um, and so I was just pissed, and I just needed to shoot things, and I was like, "Fine, you know what? Let's get into this." And so I had been given a Beyond Light code for Xbox. Ah, I never played Destiny on Xbox. Destiny's free on Game Pass. Is it Kato? Well, I mean, well, I, that's like I, you know, I mean, you're paying a subscription. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. No, no, but even even base De- 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 Destiny, Destiny is, is straight is up free. free on Stadia. That it's actually free on Stadia. <laughs> like they're just Wait, giving like, away the Destiny too. too? Uh, let's see. No. I, got a pr- I got a press release about well, it. Well, it's morning. free to play. The base game of Destiny is free to play for everyone. There's like a yeah. certain amount of stuff you can get without paying. Bungie anything that includes the introductory missions that are part of New Light, which are this this new set of mission and quests that is supposed to be a better on ramp. That from everything I've seen looks like a like the best on ramp they've had in ages and literal years for Destiny. Well, I've still I can still pull that in. Um, I can still then try that out on PC, but on <laughs> Xbox, what I did was I was like, okay, um, I want my hunter. My hunter that I've abandoned from launch uh, that I've not touched in mm. like literal years. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did the entire Destiny cross save rigmarole where I had right. to unify the different platforms and let Bungie sign in to all my different game platforms. Yes. 
And then it was like, okay, you need to be very careful with this part because <laughs> what you do is irrevocable for 30 days. 90 days. On 90 days, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> platform's characters do you want to be playable across all your accounts? You will lose the other characters temporarily. They're not gone forever. But if you pull, if you push this button, you will have one platform's characters to rule them all mm-hmm. and bind them uh, <laughs> across the Destiny verse. And all those other characters, if you created like a new one on PC, a new one on Xbox, they will be they will be locked away for a little while. 90 days. Can't revisit the decision for 90 days. And then you get like four menus. It's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, look, this means your PS4 characters will be the only ones you can use. And I was like, yes, let me use my Hunter. And so I launch into uh, Destiny 2 on uh, Xbox. It looks just like I remember. Uh, but now it's snowy. Uh, it's icy. I am my hunter. My my character talks now. Um, it's true. This which is, this is the me out. funniest fucking thing because they talked in Destiny One. <laughs> Just stopped talking in Destiny Two though. Huh? Yeah. Did they? Yes, hundred percent. What? Go go watch cutscenes from like I the Taken Destiny King. One. Go watch cutscenes from like the Taken King. You're fucking bantering your with the ghost. Talk. You're bantering with the ghost as you're yeah. driving to the dreadnought. Like Kato, a hundred percent. Stop making stuff up, Kato. <laughs> Kato, this is like this you claim think, is hold disputed. on. You think I would lie um, about destiny? Yeah, I would I never lie I about do. destiny. God no, damn it. Let's 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 not say things we can't take back, Kato. Uh Kato's love is pure and honest. I just uh, look, so I, I I don't remember that these dudes talked. Uh but anyway, so my dude's talking to my ghost. Um yeah. he sounds like now just a, a standard like protagonist dude. Yeah. Um he's like, Varix has a lot to answer for for killing Cade. And I was like, that son of a bitch. But then I heard on Twitter, I heard on Twitter that Cade might have died in what sounds like basically was a prison riot. Oh, dude. And yeah. that yeah. might mean like, was Cade a corrections officer? Dude. No, he's a vanguard is the police. Basically, <laughs> literally, it's it's the prison break that Cade dies in is all of it's like Batman getting killed in Arkham is like yeah. the thing that happens yeah. <laughs> is it's like I put half these people away. We can't let them escape. And it's like, oh, shit. I didn't know you were sending people to an eternity prison, Cade. <laughs> Yeah, and I do remember the the grimoire like having a little like well, excerpt about Barracks being like, "Boy, I sure do feel weird about having a fight to the death fight club that I'm running." I was, here. Yeah, I was gonna literally say, mm-hmm. not just any prison, the prison that the guardians would go into and kill the prisoners in order to get rewards from the fucking awoken. Mm-hmm. But okay, <laughs> but it, it does sound like in some ways that prison was also awesome. So who's to say <laughs> if it was bad or not? Uh, but nevertheless, so I was like pretty pissed at Varix, but now like hearing that Cade was basically killed while people were escaping this nightmare of Chateau d'If does kind of make me wonder like who really is the good guy? And boy, if that isn't destiny, like <laughs> who can really say who's the villain here? Uh, anyway, so I had to go to find um, Varix in his ice station zebra. It also reminded me of things that just like bore, bore the shit out of me with this game. Just the like, where could Varix be? And you find this one little like, um, cold weather like hab station basically like a like an outpost and it's like we had no idea where varus could be quick use the scanner let's find some clues and immediately the the new waypoint pops up and it's like 
Yeah, you just you just walk along the path another like fifty <laughs> yards, and there's a cave where where Varix is gonna be, and like just the standard destiny, like you know the implication of a big world, but everything feels like it's on a you know it's a, it's a postage stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I go through, do the intro shit. I'm like, um, I seem to have a lot of gear I don't remember having, so it just seems like they gifted me a lot of like up- level appropriate gear. Uh, for for the stage of the game, I have no idea what's happening. Um, <laughs> but I do all that, and I'm like, "Well, boy, I should fill in some of these gaps." And uh, I I pull up the the map, and I'm like, "Okay, where was I now? I didn't do any of the shadow keep stuff." And it's like, "You don't have shadow keep," and I was like, "The hell I don't! Of course I do. <laughs> Not on this platform. Not on this. Yeah. So now, <laughs> got Destiny Two Beyond Light playable on Xbox One." I've got Destiny 2 Shadow Keep installed on my PS5. <laughs> Shadow Keep playable on PS5. Uh-huh. This is how I'm going to have to Destiny now. Wow. Destiny now is I'm going to have to <laughs> uh like play old content on the PlayStation. Yeah. And then like new stuff I'm going to play on uh the on the uh, the the Series X. And then yeah. I suppose I can do a new light character uh, on PC, and yeah. uh, you I can, can do confirm the new light character wherever it'll carry over. You can even no, well, you not, can even check but, out the new light. I threw um, the switch, Kato. No, no, no. I, I just cross mean, save enabled. You can you can do those quests on any of the any of your old characters. There's a little kiosk next to the postmaster that'll let you pick up the quest line if you want to just do it on a character that already exists. You no, should huh. do it just to get those stats, just to get the numbers go up easier honestly it's worth doing it you'll run through it it's fun to go back to the cosmodrome it genuinely is fun to go back to the place from destiny one the destiny one demo you know i've already Uh, been um, they've they've also made like uh fun changes in certain areas mm -hmm. there's a strike there that is slightly different than it was the first time around there's uh also lost sectors didn't exist in destiny one so they've added a few of those and some of those are really cool there's a neat like secret labyrinth in one of the corners that is fun um, I got to run some strikes. I was like trying to level up and get past the 1200 soft cap. Um, so I was doing the Vanguard strike playlist last week and I finally got to see like Forsaken and um, what what's the what's Shadow the Keep? Shadow Keep? I was like Crimson Keep. Is that what the, <laughs> I know it's red. I don't Shadow Keep uh, strikes and they rule. They like yeah. uh, there's the the one where you go back to the prison and there's like some train stuff. Yeah, is sick. Um, and then the great. one from Forsaken, where you're like going between realms uh, uh, as you chase like a witch, also fucking slaps. Um, those that strike design, yeah. corrupted, corrupted. Yeah, uh huh. That one's great. strike design has gotten better, though. I actually don't love the strike that is in that is in um, Beyond Light. I've, I've cooled on Beyond Light since since which uh, the my the, first the, thing. the Vex one you mean? Yes, the Vex one. Is there a okay. second one that I'm missing? Uh, no, I thought there was I only one just, strike so far. I think I'm just thinking of like uh, uh, what's it called? There's, no, the other strike that came with this is on the Cosmodrome, not in the, not on Europe. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Which one? Then that's fine. But the but yeah. the I mean, it's simple. It's it's meant to be simple because it's the first strike that new players will play. I don't right. mind that one so much. But the Vex one did nothing for me, basically, especially in comparison to those Forsaken ones that I had just done. Um, and then and then yeah, I, the way it slowly doles out the aspect and fragment stuff through what is very grindy content post post game or post campaign you know it's weird you, you it's destiny you beat the last boss of the campaign 
and then you're expected to you keep playing and there's they, they do a good job of giving you things to aim for yeah you can keep talking to npcs who will give you like hey here's how you can get this exotic weapon here's how you can get these extra upgrades but the the thing you do in that situation is just like you know um go kill eight pe- you know 18 people with your cryo powers right. go go kill you know 30 people with the with you know um rocket launchers whatever the thing is you know what i mean whatever the 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 set of three objectives you have to do is right. um and they're all kind of boring and to do to have to grind that out just to get to the thing that i think is mechanically interesting which is the fragments the the the, the deeper degree of customization in destiny mm-hmm. uh, around your character abilities really just like bummed me out because it was a reminder that fundamentally they aren't making the game for my schedule anymore which is fine but it's just not it's just truly not who i'm just it's, not in their sights right um, it's uh, like or, or i am but only in the sense that they're going to give me a an eight hour campaign to play once a year and i'll play that but if i want to get deeper into the the character build stuff i'm going to need another 30 hours on top of that to really dig into it and that's just not and that 30 hours to just taste it to really enjoy it i have to play it all year through the seasons <laughs> try nightfalls you know try to get together a raid group you know and all that stuff to really enjoy it and and i just need to admit to myself i'm not in that i'm gonna i'm gonna dip in every year taste the campaign be like wow this is cool maybe then check in again before the next big drop play the the stuff that's released in the last year and then keep moving you know yeah i think that it the the rate at which you get fragments and and aspects and stuff that stuff that's supposed to be like the editable stuff in the subclasses is way mm-hmm. too slow but the one thing that they did do smartly is make a lot of those quests basically kind of um background stuff so while you're leveling, you're going to hit those things kind of naturally, right? It's like things you're already doing less than a thing you have to stop like doing activities to go do, right? So like mm-hmm. just passively as I was grinding to get up to to raid light level, I like unlocked the the um the grenades and like unlocked my two fragments for the week and the the, the fact that like the fragments are only two a week is kind of like wild to me that like yeah dude you can only like no matter how much you play you can only get two of those anyways um because that means at first i so that that is what i read that finally put me off of it because i i thought like okay well maybe i'll just come back in six weeks and all of these will be unlocked or easy to unlock do you know what i mean and that's just not going to be the case like i'm going to have to keep grinding at this rate to get them and that right sucks to me (laughs) right it's just like um I mean, it'll only be easier insofar as you might not be fighting as many people to do the same thing sometimes. Sure. You know? yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the, that's literally it. Um, no. It's very, no, it's very much built for the hobbyist already, right? Like, yeah. that was always kind of the game, but I feel like they've expanded Which is ironic that. because giving me that stuff is this thing that would have made me, could have right. pushed me over to being more of a hobbyist than I am. Right. Because it right. gives me something to bite into and play with. Maybe they'll just take a different tack next year because they'll have doled out these fragments for a full year. You know what I mean? Maybe the next campaign will be the one where they Ugh. start you with a new power and then you unlock fragments through the campaign. I, I don't know. We'll see. Right. Right. Anyway, it's not. I'm not. I'm not like. I still enjoyed my time with it, but but this yeah, is the thing yeah. that keeps me from from staying with it. Um. Yeah. Uh. 
I've been I've been enjoying it so far because I'm already on that track of like I need to grind out for the raid because I'm very excited to do a blind raid uh, again. It's been a year since we've had one, which sounds like not that long of a time, but actually Destiny had raids at a much faster clip before, so that's it feels like kind of a big gap. Yeah. But uh, you know that's fine. It's it's whatever. I I'm excited to do one again, but since I already had to do that grind. I ended up passively doing all these other quests, mm-hmm. um, which normally would have been um, th- those quests used to be separate. Like they, they used to have to kind of stop leveling in order to do other things and kind of make progress in other quests. They weren't as like stackable that way. So that's mm-hmm. like that was a, a a welcome change. And like I really did enjoy specifically the the amount of uh, story beats that they have behind the Exo Stranger stuff. Like all of that was pretty neat. Um, and like that made that first week, like really like great for me. And I'm excited for, uh, to see where the season is going. Cause they just started it and yep. they brought back Aldrin. Right. Yeah. Um, which, um, has some great, like, you know, like, uh, they're kind of picking back up on the like vibes of forsaken with that, with that seasonal stuff. You know the spiders yep. involved. There's like you know, it's clearly like a, it's a direct it's a direct carry. It's a direct right, you know right because uh, it's pick picking up from, up from where that story left off. Yeah, Aldrin and um, I'm really enjoying that 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 season activity where you like you build up a charge on like this item that you've got in order to lure out these enemies that have been corrupted by the the hive um, hive god Zivuorath. Um and it's this fun little like public activity where you'll you'll see this. Uh, like kind of green glowing enemy um, and you'll get them down to a certain amount of health and then they'll like run away. And then you have to kind of track them through the world uh, mm-hmm. through this kind of, uh, you know, leftover goo traces. Um, and then once you actually get there, it loads you into a separate like uh, little boss fight with, um, you know, it's just a couple ad waves and an interesting little, like, you have to have a certain buff in order to uh, damage the boss. It's, like, yeah. a fun little yeah. thing. It's easily repeatable and quick, though. Um, and it lets you get, uh, you get to choose your rewards, which is very, oh, hmm. like, they always have one of these kind of things each season where it's, like, okay, I can I can focus, like, on, on this little uh, lore, I can say what thing I want to lure out, and depending on what thing you pick, you get a different reward. So it's like, oh, I want, I need, I need a set of arms right now. Uh, let me pick the 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 one uh, giant shank that'll give me a set of arms, and it's really nice to just be able to have something to uh, more specifically like target certain gear that you want. Right, you, like, um, you know your number on your, like you said, your arms, your legs, or whatever right. are bad. Let's or not bad, but lower. Let's let's, let's focus on that. That's neat. Let's, let's boost that up. And there's even uh, mods that you add to the to the lore that will also change, like even more specifically. Like I want this set of perks, or like I want this uh, amount of, um, uh, uh, like a certain stat on armor, for example, like you can really drill down and be like very specific, very specific about what your reward is, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, before we wrap up, two pieces of news. Uh, the first is that this morning, uh, IO Interactive announced that they got the Bond <laughs> license. <laughs> yeah, they're making a Bond game, which is wild. Uh, what do you? I think, think that could be really cool. Me too. Me too. I real quick. If they're gonna disclosure. make another Bond game. 
you know, of like the, the 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 way licensed games have just changed over the last. I, don't know, I guess you have to like think of it the breadth of like twenty years, but like think about like the just the way that stuff used to be made. Like this is actually like maybe it'll be bad, but it's like right. if you're gonna like pull out of the sky, like who would you want to make? A it's, new a, it's a better spy fit game. than most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than like EA just getting the exclusive license and then sitting on like, it, one, one of like Sean Connery's of... final projects associated oh with 007 God. is to like make new lines for was it from from Russia with Love? I think is the the last one EA uh, made. Um, yeah, they had the the rights yeah. to that. It's, I think easy um, to imagine a, a different studio getting this and just immediately just being like, "All right, cool. Like I'm not buying this. Want to play this, this set piece from Casino Royale? Right. Exactly. Exactly." <laughs> So that's the thing that I'm really curious about is uh, so I am the Kane and Lynch liker on this podcast. <laughs> I, there are, Rob, you are. I, I think it goes beyond the Arrested Development meme of there are dozens. Like pe- people like that series or like uh-huh. saw enough in it that it, it would if they were to revisit it, I think people would be genuinely excited about it. Yeah, I, I think it's misanthropic and miserable and dour in a way <laughs> that it, that actually is really good for mm-hmm. a shooter like that. Um, and, and I think it it delivered on that surprisingly well but what makes this interesting to me is in some way i can see a few different ways to go with this especially with where where bond is at right now uh there is a there is a profound goofiness to hitman right now Mm -hmm. as it stands um that could dovetail very well just what bond generally is conceptually and what it's been throughout its history uh, which is kind of heightened and absurd. And to some degree, I can see like what IO have been doing with Hitman. Yeah, really I want them matching. to embrace like, you know, Goldfinger and like, like the, the, the heightened absurdity. Sure. Which maybe didn't feel that but way. Not, at the the, top. Oh, go ahead. No, but I'm saying, but that is also not what Bond is right now. No, like, the Daniel not. Craig series right. has really tried to reinvent it as more of a uh, dour post Cold War born esque type thing. And that is where I think, like, okay, then at that point you're more in Kane Lynch territory, where like every victory is is hollow. Um, you know, you will commit unspeakable violence, and at the end it'll be like, well, that really accomplished nothing, and like nothing more Kane and Lynch than that. Uh, and that that seems to be a decent fit for uh, where Bond is. I'm I'm curious if you could square that circle. If, I you know, I would miss so much of the playfulness of the hitman stuff of like finding solutions hitman is a game that is filled with interesting gadgets and like weird uh moving through environments in a way that like spy stuff spy stories often have a combination of disguises and social stealth and manipulating social situations to give you access and stuff like that that I, you know, maybe it bounces between those modes because if you do want actiony James contemporary James Bond stuff, you're right that I think Kanan Lynch is it fits there. Um, but I would I would hate for it to just be a straight action game and to not have you know it's all it's already easy to think about my favorite Hitman levels from Hitman and Hitman Two and say like oh how would James Bond how would you put a James Bond story in this location and in many of them it's just like already there do you know what i mean you think about the the expensive resort 
in the Japanese mountains for rich – like, it, yeah, James Bond's been there. Do you know what I mean? E- I mean, even the – even some of the the less ostentatious places, like not just the super rich hotels, but you look at, think about the suburban area in Hitman 2 um, and, like, there's a great – there was a, a fantastic James Bond scene – uh, in my mind, in which he has to go to like suburban America and deal with the locals, like that'd be a fantastic sequence. Um, uh, and so I, I think that there's, I think that if they stick to their mode, that they that they've proven that they can do. Like, and obviously, if they just make a Hitman game that's filed Agent Forty Seven and written James Bond, people will be like, I think there will be backlash in the sense that like it will feel like not selling out, but just like. Hey, come on! Why not just make another Hitman game? But I think that that may be because well, those games don't sell enough. <laughs> exactly, that undersells how big a, a well-made Bond game could do, um, especially if it onboards people well, you know, and gets people into it. Yeah, there's a world where they could like if they were given the license to like merge those worlds, they could they could come up with something like pretty fun and goofy. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I do worry about that though, because yeah. especially because the the folks that operate the Bond license, if you read about the history of how those movies are made, they are exceptionally hands-on. This isn't yeah. just like, we found a filmmaker, go make your Bond movie. It's mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of fingers in the pot, and maybe that <laughs> won't be true of the game, where they're just like, video games, like, go do your your thing. Um, but yeah. but um, at it's least conceptually, I, I'm glad. If someone's going to fuck it up, I'd you know, I, I, it's fun to see IO so- like, take a shot at it. I think the thing that gives me some heart is I think if anyone can slide something really interesting and fun past a, bun- past a bunch of goons who think they're managing a <laughs> prestige brand, uh-huh. I think it's probably IO. Their games have like a slick, chic aesthetic that yeah. I think like speaks really well to the type of shit that um, – the 007 brand has been associated <laughs> with of late. And I think like, so I think this is probably the, the only way to get a great go- a game out of this uh, because I think, you know, the stuff IO makes can certainly look like it fits what they think the 007 verse should look like. Well, they don't, but even think- in the promotional stuff for Hitman is not necessarily like, and look, he threw a pizza box at this guy. And no. like, isn't that funny? It's, <laughs> it's always super played, serious. It's played super straight. And so, yeah, maybe that's what happens is like, yeah. all of a sudden this 007 game comes out and people are like throwing a shoe at the super villain and the, they won the mission. They're like, well, we can't control what the players do. You know, we just give them a bunch of tools and like, here are our <laughs> systems. And all right, I see you, Rob. I see you. I see the path forward on this yeah one. it's good i like it a lot uh quick disclosure on this as, as we transition to a new topic too uh is is friends of the table you know co-member uh janine hawkins works at io so obviously all of my uh all of my analyses are completely shot through and compromised also you're gonna agent. take ta- kind of extract this segment yeah, and then right. send it to her and just uh-huh. like, yeah just there's some food for thought you know just some food for thought <laughs> just make this happen um uh, Janine Janine does like the Janine has like the best job in the world, which is she gets to write respond. I mean, it's very hard work. I don't when I say the best job, I don't mean it's not work. Just to be clear, but she gets to write a lot of the um, dialogue responses from NPCs in the world when things like pop off, oh, or just good. like any sort of ambient dialogue. So like I don't know, she's very funny, and and every time a guard says something funny, I'm like, that was Janine. I know that that was that was like a joke based on some bullshit movie I know that we watched. Um, anyway, speaking of Janine, last month I actually played through a bunch of Dragon's Dogma with Janine on on her YouTube channel. Um, uh, as like a Halloween thing, which was fun. And I raised that because moments ago, 
uh, someone over on the Reset Era forums pinged me in a thread, which does not happen often because I'm not – I don't post on those forums. I have an account, obviously. Um, but shout outs to uh, J. Walter Weatherman <laughs> over at the Reset Era forums who just says, CC the Calcutech. And uh, that's in a thread called Dragon's Dogma 2, possibly leaked through Capcom's schedule. Oh, yeah. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. 2022 is what this schedule looks like it that says. Makes, that makes sense. That makes that, sense that, to me. That puts it a full, uh, yep. you know, three, three and a half years after in the DMC generation. 5. A yeah. game that was probably in pre-production while DMC Five was. We should we should we should caveat that, that like um who knows is, is no is is more than like it's coming through like a massive um, sure uh, hack that occurred to yes uh, Capcom um the, the, really like the closest equivalent is to what happened to Nintendo earlier this year with the with the the, the Giga leak um in which they um like all sorts of things have been leaked from this like from what is here appears to be a legitimate um, schedule of things that cap maybe not in totality, but um, things Capcom is working on um, including like scheduling for like the RE4 remake, which mm-hmm. we've heard is coming and is being uh, allegedly worked on by the RE3 remake team. Um, and it's coming in 2023. Um, but even as small as um, internal documents outlining how Capcom thinks it's previous games have like, treated women badly and yeah. like specific examples from their games being like this is stuff that we're not maybe going to do going forward like this is where we're, like interesting fascinating insight you know maybe don't uh uh maybe not great to like go in and just leak all that stuff completely out devoid of context but it does seem if it's with everything we've heard in 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 the past um mm-hmm. in terms of uh what uh what there were, I mean, you know, you don't make a fucking anime that nobody was going to watch unless you had like a broader. Doing why did that even come out? Why did that come out this year? I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't, I don't know. It wasn't good. It was also really bad. Unless no you were going to put it. out a, uh, you know, a PS5, you know, which they maybe might you're still going to do that, right? Um, did you boot that on PS5? Did you see? I did. How does that it run? It wasn't running great. I'll be honest. I didn't have well, a great time with it. Isn't isn't it the case that? It, the the PS5 I might have this wrong, but the yeah. PS5 benefits from PS4 Pro games with uncapped frame rates, whereas the Xbox is able to do more like brute force work to get Correct. games to I run. I think so. Better. So I want to see it on an Xbox because I bet it looks great on the Xbox. Um, I'm gonna um, load up here. YouTube. And yeah, I'm right. And see if anyone Xbox has done Series Dragon's X, Dogma. Dragon's Dogma. There we go. That's reporting. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Uh, I don't think it's now oh, that's no. I see one X. I don't see Series X. Unfortunately, what are, what are we doing? Come on, people! Come on! What are, we, what are you doing? Where, where three are my years ago, stands? comparing PlayStation three, PlayStation four. That's not what I'm looking for. No. All right. Well, you know what, Emmanuel? Here's what I'm doing the rest of the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boots on the ground reporting right here. Um. Anyway, uh, we should we should start wrapping up. I I, I you know I'm excited about that, but until until it's real. You know, it's it's yeah. it's very funny, by the way, Patrick, that today is the day that this leak happened. We we were talking uh, yesterday for some stuff that will be announced eventually uh, that yeah. Vice is doing regarding video games about hacking and archival and uh, getting information through, you know, uh, less than less than legal means and stuff like this. It's been very funny to add to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's that's just a little tease for you. We got some shit coming next year. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, any other final th- final words before we wrap up today? I hope this weekend is good for everybody. I hope everyone can kind of just chill out. I feel like we need one. Uh, Kata, are you streaming the raid? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Gonna, Where gonna can s- people find that? 
Uh, I'm just going to do it on my personal. Should I do to the waypoint? Huh? Waypoint. Fuck it. Waypoint. Fuck it. What you should do mm-hmm. is you should do it on your personal and have Waypoint host, host, it. host it. So you get the yeah. follows to your personal <laughs> boom, account, but boom. you get the boost from yeah. the Waypoint cool. account. Sick. That's right. So you can watch either one, I guess. There uh, we go. But twitch.tv slash Kadokun, C-A-D-O-K-U-N. There we go. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, Kato? Uh, at a underscore Kato underscore appears. Also, the start time for the raid is 1, 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Why don't you get twitter.com slash Kadokun? I, I, I did. I had it. I had it for a second. I was trying to take the Kun off, off of all of my like usernames. I see. Uh, but the person who Not has at Kado is luck. a Brazilian uh, designer who I talked to and was they didn't want to give it up. They well, were very... Fair. They're very nice about it, but they didn't want They're to using the account. If someone's using the account, I'm not trying they to They are, but sometimes I feel like people don't care about usernames, and this person happened to care about the username, you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. It was Fuck! Huh. No, okay, never mind. We're good. We're good. This what? is the person who <laughs> I checked this. I, I, so, like, once a year, every year, I'm like, is Austin Walker available yet? Uh-huh. Not Austin underscore Walker. And at this point, I can't give up the underscore because right. it's like part of the brand. Sure. Um, yeah. But but I thought for a second that Austin Walker had switched people. Oh. But I just remembered, no, this is that person. He's okay. just locked his account now. Ah. So um, so that's, that's <laughs> fine. Shout outs to at Austin Walker. Don't at Austin Walker, no. please. Do be not. cool, people. It's fine. Be just f- chill. Just, I'm begging <laughs> you to be fucking chill all the time. Um, where people find you, Rob? Being chill on the internet. At Rob Zachney. <laughs> and Patrick. I mean, at Patrick Klubek. Still haven't seen Potato Marshall out there in the Souls of Verse. Um, is the, is the, the uh, spear the... Um, What's it called? Scraping spear. I think yeah. so. Yeah, okay. I, I uh, there was some some worries um, that you know uh, some of like the rough edges of Demon Souls that uh, are kind of like player hostile. Like for people mm-hmm. don't know, like there's a there's an item called the scraping spear that um, essentially just ruins your equipment. It doesn't. It just breaks it. You have to go and fix it. But so one of the ways that people would fuck with uh, folks in in Demon Souls, and they got I believe they got rid of this stuff in the subsequent games for. Maybe understandably, but I, 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 I've been hit with it. So it's, it's not as though I have not uh, experienced the scraping spear. But the, yeah, you basically someone comes in, they have no interest in killing you. They just come in, book, poke you at the spear, break all your stuff, and you got to go spend thousands of souls to, to, to fix it all up. What? And then, um, there are, I don't want to, oh. expo- I don't want to explain how it happens, but there are also instances in which you can oh, yeah. be de- you can be de-leveled um the game can send you back a soul level which is all told not that big of a deal you're gonna be you know have tons of souls and be over leveled uh, to some degree um no matter how you play the game but the way <laughs> the way it happens in demon souls in particular is um <laughs> truly a delight uh i mean i <laughs> i beat that boss pretty easily the first time around i don't know that it'll be the same the second time around maybe i won't find it as funny <laughs> Yeah, fair. Time, but um, fair. Yeah, I mean, those those are all those curiosities that make me glad that Demon Souls is the one that got remade because it has yes. so many oh, str- been strange so things that if they um, had just remade Dark Souls or something like yeah, you know? yeah, and like I feel like that stuff's all inevitable. But yes. I'm glad because Demon Souls would have been 
it wouldn't have been the one I like if not that I would have been the one I picked. Maybe if I was a marketing person, I don't know if it would have been the one I picked. I would have found some way to make a deal with Namco to like yeah. we're gonna remake Dark Souls, like the, the yeah. big one, the breakout hit. It's been long enough that game with the you know like yeah, I could yeah, see yeah. the argument there, and I'm glad that they the already weird did that one, though. It's called Dark Souls Three. Boom! Oh, get him! That's right. That's right. I gave that, that game four stars. I actually like that game a lot. But I'm gonna hype so up Kato because I'm his friend. It was a good thank, one. Thank get him! You. Thank you. Um, I also fine. enjoyed that game, but it was very. Yeah. It was the jump there was very. Yeah. 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 Uh, the uh, the I just just to go back one second for Demon Souls. It is remarkable that we're both playing that game because we do not replay games, Patrick. Like, no. We don't do it. We, you and I are alike in don't this have way. Time. Like, I, I have like a few exceptions where I'll dip back in as I'd like again. Dragon's Dogma is a game that I play to like clear my brain. I replay like the Blendo games, uh, Thirty Flights of Loving, and uh, but do you uh, even re- are you replaying sometimes? Dragon's Dogma as much as you are just booting it up and fucking around in Dragon's well, Dogma? I, no, it's like, cool, but I, I do it film. like once a year. I put like another fifteen hours into a save. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. like slow playing it uh, across many years as a way of just like I just yeah. need to clear my fucking head. Um, um, but like with, beyond that, there's a very few games that I revisit. So the fact that despite my problems with this game's aesthetic choices throughout here and there, uh, I'm still loving it. So eh, it is yep. what it is, you know, so, Demon Souls, Demon Souls. Excited you to find me on Twitter, play it for the first time. You should. I'm excited to hear what you think. <laughs> what, uh, so you've played everything but demons. I haven't played De- Dark Souls 2. I oh, enjoyed Dark Souls too. Yeah. Man, you know what? Actually, the one like that's the one. That if they you could do. wave a magic wand yeah, on like the one, they should go back and like bring their shadows do. Back. But that's is, what I want Dark From to do. I want From yeah. to uh-huh. be like Elden Ring is actually an expanded version <laughs> yeah. of Dark Souls Two. The Dark Souls Two verse. Yes. Um, I mean, Elden Rings. Made with uh, Namco Bandai. So there we go. It's possible. It's possible. We also. We, I, I'd, I'd be curious to see the. Um, Blue Point did do the thing with Demon Souls that they did with Shadow of the Colossus, where they have added a couple Easter eggs. People yeah, are still trying to figure door. out what's behind a door. Um, I bet it's that- tendency related, world tendency related, or something. I don't know. <sighs> there's there's, there's, there's a, a single door. There's that a single has- door that says that, that like, imp- you, has the text that would imply you need a key. But it uh, is clearly not a key. And there's like it's, one pickup behind it. People have figured yeah. out a way through photo mode to see where it goes, basically. Um, actually, that's what the, one, one last thing I want to say about Demon's Souls. Actually, last thing is the fact that you can pause this game via photo mode now is a such – that's the biggest change in the game. That's the – if I had to like be on my shit Austin Walker philosophy cap on, yeah. the fact that the world can pause now because you can yep. go into photo mode uh, is the single biggest change in the game in a way that I shit. think changes what it is, like fundamentally. What happens yeah. if someone's in your game? I don't know that you can go into photo mode. If yeah, that's it probably just they just it. don't let you. Okay. Yeah. Or or maybe it stays live. Like I don't know, but like that, the ability to pause the game and yeah. step away from your system in that way is is completely. Or to pause it and go to a computer and say, "Where is this thing? How do I beat this thing?" Is is a I wonder like, how they could have. I wonder if there were like would have been ways yeah. to to solve that where it's or like metaphysical you, actually, but. Where you could have like watched a goat, like, hey, do you want to go back and watch your like we recorded your playthrough, right? Like, here's a ghost version of your playthrough. At any time, you can pause this playthrough and you can take a photo from your play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wonder if there's wor- ways they could have split the difference and yeah. um, a lot like not paused it. I mean, I understand why they did like the the pause discussion on demons is you know I, I get I, it. I don't consider no, it to be I, this like, is not me saying that this is yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, no, but it is. But, but it is. But it, it is it, a distinct. This is a huge change. 
my um, my understand my understanding is that was a there were long discussions internally on whether they should 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 or should not do that. It was yeah. not something done uh, lightly. I, yeah, that's like I, I should be clear about this too. Is like when I say that there are pro, like I I rarely suspect that the changes came without thought. I just sure. wouldn't have ended up at the same place yeah, that these yeah, people yeah, end, yeah. ended up right. at most of the time. Um, right. All right, that's gonna do it for us. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You can follow uh, for now. Uh, <laughs> you can follow yeah for, for now until i get austin walker her uh don't don't do not i don't care i like the underscore now that's like it's yeah you I wouldn't be able to do it yeah. you could own it you could it could just sit there it's like just hey follow there. me at like <laughs> the one tweet is follow me at austin underscore you can find me on twitter waypoint twitter.com slash waypoint also send your questions to gaming at vice.com hey people should review this we never do that like this stuff like people yeah. should like, write some reviews yeah. like it, it's probably been three years since we've asked people God, to write yeah. reviews, like go write a review for yeah. the for the podcast, like yeah. or just star rate it, you know, like just, just you know, do that. Quick, if you never, you know what, you know, I, uh, didn't we do that at the at the back end of uh, was it waypoints? No, wait. Be, be going to rewatch it. Rewatch it. That yeah. makes sense, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, Max when was the last in, time we did do that? Max <laughs> says, if Michael Bay is an auteur, explosions. Is Zack Snyder also an auteur, an auteur? Slow motion CGI. Thanks, Max. Good question. Not going to answer it. Mm. Uh, you can send your questions to gaming, at, but people should think about it and decide if they think that that's true or not. I just you like should answer it at the beginning the of the next episode. We'll have to sleep on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gaming at vice.com is where you can send your questions. We'll read them on the air. Uh, always. We definitely do it often. Um, <laughs> thank you to Bowen for letting us use a track. Miss you off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint. Be, be good and answer it. Our new <laughs> Q&A podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We had to start a new podcast that's only about answering questions. I'd do it. Shit. See if Jason will prove it. See if see if we can get some budget. Um, <laughs> y'all don't gotta write stories. You can just answer questions all day, right? <laughs> Fuck. Um, Alright, that's gonna do it for us. Have a good weekend. And as always, fuck capitalism. Go home. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ooh. International Men's Day. Let's go. <laughs> Excuse Finally. me. But also, but also it's World Toilet Day. <laughs> yeah.
I feel like we've yeah, done this. There bit. we go. <laughs> Have we? Probably. We've been I doing this like long enough this, that there's been another yeah. <laughs> another November nineteenth. Uh, the real thing I'm talking about is today to talk about is this quote from Steve Maraboli, who I I have uh, okay motivational speaker okay. sure <laughs> internet radio commentator. <clears throat> oh, I don't like Wikipedia. that. That sounds like a right wing um, uh-huh. talk show host. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, says here, you got to be in the now to create and experience the wow. <laughs> you got to be in the now to create and experience the wow. On this, Why is that a quote? our precious International Men's Day, remember, you must be in the now <sighs> to create and experience the wow. All right. Um, let's do a clap at s- scroll up from this quote. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to do, uh, uh, let's do 39 seconds. All right. God, it's so weird that the hum is right at my detection threshold for this. This is so annoying. It's uh-huh. fine. It's better than you cutting out. I think. Yeah. But yeah, it is deeply fucking annoying. No, this sounds like the exact kind of thing that, uh, yes, Kato, can you just tell Rob, don't sweat it, I got it, I'll figure it out in post, yeah, but Rob I, I do. will spend the entire podcast just <laughs> seething. Because <laughs> it, dri- it would drive me crazy, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's... It's, it's, yeah, it's fixable in post, but I wish it wasn't there. <laughs> Fair. Man, there's so many things in life, Kato, I feel yeah, like. That's, yeah, that's wow. true. True. Yeah. Damn. Surprised to find out that World Toilet Day is not some sort of parody around International Men's Day. No, it's actually is that like secretly some way like oh actually we're like spending money to you know like give proper plumbing infrastructure to like almost certainly right yeah it's the, the, UN it's days, the UN. that's like yeah, uh-huh. yeah. toilets are important etc. Uh huh. Yeah. What have toilets right. got to do with climate change? <laughs> Yeah, Isn't that one of Trump's like funnier bits where he's like constantly obsessed with like appliance standards? I can't remember. There was something where he talks on and on about. Sounds like him. Like mm-hmm. your clothes not getting it's as dry. It's like someone, it's one of his. It's it's right. it's one of his top ten like weird. No one's quite sure what to make of it. Not really sure where it came from. But it's right. You know, the the that's him in his like borscht belt like on stage trying to connect with people thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when your dryers used to work? There's a right, whole. I exactly. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is gonna be my home. I'm gonna have to look okay. up this bit. <laughs> um, all right. Ready to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 